We are all called to lead wherever God places us in this world, in families, places of work, places of learning, of worship, and other various communities. While some may not think the role fits or suits them, each of us regularly fulfills acts of, of leadership. God made us interconnected beings, born in and for community. In such a world, everyone follows and everyone leads. We lead with such actions as welcoming a new arrival to a meeting, calling a group to focus back on the task at hand, offering a word of encouragement and support after someone shares a moment of vulnerability. People lead from the margins as well as from the center. In Matthew 18, the disciples of Jesus posed this question, who in the kingdom of God is the greatest? Jesus responded by placing a child in their midst and said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus inverted the normal view of greatness from a position of power and prestige to one of humility and service. He also added a sense of responsibility and warning for leaders. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea. We are responsible for our impact on the world. Therefore, we should ask, what does it mean to be a responsible leader? What characteristics and what actions of a leader enable others to flourish and contribute versus causing people to feel deflated or diminished? by an abuse of power and influence. Leadership is not a word or concept found in the book of Proverbs, yet characteristics of what it takes to lead are plentiful. The absence of such characteristic, characteristics in most so-called leaders today made me choose a list of 10 of them. Each one is important in its own right, but altogether they reflect what is needed when we are called upon to take the lead. Think of this exercise as attaining the wisdom to lead. I will state the leadership characteristic, read the proverb that corresponds to it, make a few comments about that, and then identify someone from our congregation who exemplifies this quality. First up is kind-hearted. Proverbs 11.16 reads, A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Being ruthless is certainly one of the ways to get to the top in our culture. However, valued leaders are those whose motives are clear and their purpose unquestioned. The gains of an effective leader are celebrated and shared by all rather than serve as the sole profit of the person in charge. When I think of kind-hearted, I think of Carlin Knight. 
Witness Carlin interact with a child and you will see kind-heartedness personified. Carlin proposed to Ali Shoulders that our church form ties of fellowship by connecting through nature. As a result, various members of our church have come to know one another better by sharing a common experience of hiking, bird watching, astronomy, and flower arranging. Each activity relies on a different church member to lead the group, while Carlin helps generate enthusiasm and welcomes each participant. The second quality is discerning. Proverbs 17.24 reads, The discerning person looks to wisdom, but the eyes of a fool to the ends of the earth. Leaders call attention to what matters. When faced with numerous and diverse choices, a good leader discerns what is of value and sees the wise choice that is right in front of her or him, compared with a person who keeps searching for what is most appealing to, um, to everyone else. When it comes to discernment, I think of Vic Seward. When asked by the nominating committee to serve as an elder, Vic took the invitation seriously, despite the fact that the committee knew the Sewards were in the process of rebuilding their home that they had lost in the glass fire. Vic met with me as a pastor to know what the role entailed and why this may or may not be the right time for him to serve. But in the process of our meeting, Vic relayed another decision he was facing. As he shared with me the details, I could see him discerning the right choice, even in the process of speaking the details to me. The third leadership quality is correctable. Proverbs 10:17 reads, whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Leaders are human, which means they're wrong at times. A trustworthy and respected leader accepts correction and grows stronger because of it. It takes self-discipline and respect to admit we are wrong. The proverb points out the consequences of those who sidestep this form of self-discipline. The one who ignores correction gets lost and thereby leads others astray. When a leader doesn't address his or her inner life, then the, then the leader's personal needs become the focus of attention rather than the goal to be served and the people involved. As Parker Palmer has stated, a good leader is intensely aware of the interplay of inner shadow and light lest the act of leadership does more harm than good. Though no longer with us, Kriya Gimel serves as an example of this characteristic. Ali Shoulders related to me a time she, Kriya, and Angel Hobbs were in San Francisco. Protesters filled the streets. Somewhat irritated by their presence and their cause, Kriya commented aloud, why don't they just get over it? Later, Kriya realized she had lost her phone 
Ali called the number, and it turned out one of the protesters found it, and they agreed to meet. Kriya was going to let Ali and Angel retrieve the phone so she wouldn't have to interact with this person, but she changed her mind and came along. The woman who returned her phone was so gracious and warm toward Kriya that she admitted to Ali, I was wrong about her. While Kriya's core conviction had not changed, she came to appreciate God's imprint in this person. Later that evening, Kriya told her small group that she made an error in judgment and learned something about how to accept and appreciate another viewpoint from someone who sees things differently than she did. The fourth leadership characteristic is humble. Proverbs 29:23 reads, A person's pride will bring humiliation, but one who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. It takes humility to have faith and trust God. A person of pride relies on his or herself and therefore is at odds with God and his or her neighbor. Actions of leaders who lack humility are usually more about themselves than anything else. When I think of humility, Bob Swift comes to mind. As a result of Bob's humility, the people of the Santa Elena Peninsula in Ecuador revere him as a leader and champion of their community's welfare. They trust Bob, who never sought to make a name for himself, but wanted to serve and make improvements to the overall health and viability of these people. What began as a sanitation project decades ago has led to the installation of water purification systems, school bathrooms, chicken, pig, and sewing co-ops, and carving trades, just to name a few. The fifth quality is diligence or discipline. Proverbs 21.5 reads, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. Leadership is a matter of discipline and diligence. If we want a quick fix or to cut corners to yield results, we risk shortchanging the process and valuable lessons learned along the way. Audrey, Audrey Hargens of our congregation is someone I think of as diligent and disciplined. Audrey works as a nurse in Napa. She works the night shift on Saturday evenings, but every Sunday morning she assembles and serves refreshments for the 1030 worship um, attendees. Mindful of the fact that children visit the table after kids' church, she provides a variety of items that children are delighted to choose from. It takes diligence and discipline to be a nurse and to do that job well, and even more to be of service to the church community when it's less than convenient to do so. The fifth quality is patient. Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. A leader expects more of herself or himself than of others. 
That's not to say that a leader doesn't set high standards and call people to meet them. Rather, the leader values the learning process of getting there. A leader is generous and patient and overlooks faults and errors as a matter of personal growth and development. A leader makes room for such learning opportunities. Janine Kogan's job requires skill, care, and patience. She's a teacher of students with learning disabilities who have been mainstreamed into a regular classroom. Janine is able to provide the kind of space and support for her students to succeed. I heard that her daughter Lauren posted a picture of Janine this past Friday with the caption, my mom's first day in school. Janine replied, still in first grade after 24 years. In addition to patience, it helps to have a good sense of humor. Whatever setting Janine is in, her leadership quality makes others feel valued and encouraged to participate. The seventh quality is being a careful thinker. Proverbs 4.26 reads, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet, and be steadfast in all your ways. A good leader carefully considers and weighs the course of action, thinks through the succession of footsteps to turn vision into outcome. Knowing others are following, a leader watches where he or she is going to step so that they make sure it's on firm and level ground. Lloyd Shelley exemplifies this quality to me. When he learned there were multiple options for treating a medical condition, he carefully considered them all so that he was confident in his selection. Then when friends discovered they had a similar condition, he was able to share with them his findings to help them choose wisely as well. As a trained chemist and pharmacist, Lloyd knows the value of being precise and watching out for others' needs. A good leader prepares and puts a lot of thought into their actions and decisions. The eighth quality of a leader is faithful. Proverbs 3.3, do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. This quality of leadership focuses on the relational dimension, such as a relationship of a parent and a child, or God with his people, or a covenant marriage, or, or a covenant of marriage or friendship. So important is the quality of fidelity that the proverb stresses how to maintain it by fastening them to your heart and mind and binding them to your very being. Never let anything come between you and your practice of loyalty and faithfulness. I see this quality in Claire Stenick. For her, commitment is only meaningful when measured over time. She has been a faithful leader in her commitment to her now late husband, Leo, her family, to God, and her church community. For years, she led a Sunday morning small group and consistently prepared for it. 
to make sure she absorbed the biblical passage being studied. She would write it out word for word in order to absorb it. When a member of this church who was severely injured in the Iraq War as a member of the military reserves, Claire's small group faithfully sent Dan Nevin's letters during his hospitalization, multiple surgeries, and prolonged recovery. The ninth quality of a leader is to be a deep listener. Proverbs 21:28, a false witness will perish, but a careful listener will testify successfully. The aim of a good leader is to know and understand as one who hears rather than someone who pushes his or her agenda. A person who listens well is someone worth listening to. Margie Vonk exhibits this quality of learning through listening. For several years, she and Sally Dubois met weekly to pray for our church, especially the children and youth. Typical of Margie, if she was praying for this group of people, then she wanted to know them, to learn what interested them and what challenges they faced. Her prayers led her to produce handwritten notes of love and encouragement of a personal nature to some of those youth, even to this day. And finally, number 10 is to be always learning. Proverbs 25.2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. The glory of God lies in what God conceals, but the glory of kings is what they bring to light. Integral to the nature of God is this sense of mystery. However, the effectiveness of a king's rule depends on knowing the needs, the concerns, and the issues of his given realm. Similarly, an effective leader is one who is always learning and aware of his or her surroundings. This quality makes me think of Marianne Etchell Allen. As a school nurse, she has to keep up her credentials through continuing education. But even more than this professional investment, I see Marianne as eager to discover what she doesn't already know in all kinds of areas and to apply it in her own life in some meaningful way. She loves to discuss new ideas and new ways of seeing the world. As a result, she regularly attends church adult ed classes as well as junior college classes. And I've learned through conversations with Mary Ann that she is ready and willing to learn from her daughters as well. As part of today's service, our in-person worship, I will be giving each of the elders and deacons being ordained and installed today a blessing written by John O'Donohue, a blessing for a leader. I would like to conclude by reciting this blessing, and I invite you to listen to it and see if you can't identify each one of these 10 qualities that we have discovered in these Proverbs and or someone who reflects the words that John O'Donohue has chosen. May you have the grace and wisdom to act kindly, 
learning to distinguish between what is personal and what is not. May you be hospitable to criticism. May you never put yourself at the center of things. May you act not from arrogance, but out of service. May you work on yourself, building up and refining the ways of your mind. May those who work for you know you see and respect them. When someone fails or disappoints you, may the graciousness with which you engage be their stairway to renewal and refinement. May you treasure the gifts of the mind through reading and creative thinking so that you continue as a servant of the frontier where the new will draw its enrichment from the old and you never become a functionary. May you know the wisdom of deep listening, the healing of wholesome words, the encouragement of the appreciative gaze, the decorum of held dignity, the springtime edge of the, be of the bleak question. May you have the mind that loves frontiers so that you can evoke the bright fields that lie beyond the view of the regular eye. May you have good friends to mirror your blind spots. May leadership be for you a true adventure of growth. So be it. Amen.